and off his box a box of chocolates would I know to stay away what said and off his box a box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30, and a whole lot of stuff is about to happen, and I just want to share that with you. Winter solstice is Saturday night at 11.19 Eastern Time. Hanukkah begins this Sunday at sundown, and on Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 25th, it's Humphrey Bogart's birthday. He was born on December 25th, in 1899, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I'm trying to, hmm. let's just go with Hanukkah right now, though, and we'll we'll try to remember what that other thing is. It's, I think it's really big and significant, but I think uh, yeah, we'll work on that. In the meantime, here are the Levies, spelled L-E-E-V-E-E-S, the Levies from their album Hanukkah Rocks, and here is applesauce versus sour cream. A very important question for this time of year. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's the Levies and applesauce versus sour cream. Happy Hanukkah to those who are going to who are going to celebrate that. Hanukkah being beginning this Sunday at sundown, and we're going to talk a little more about well, what do you put 
on apples. What do you put applesauce and sour cream on? You put them on latkes. And we're going to hear about some other alternative stuff you put on them from an article called Beyond Sour Cream versus Applesauce from the Intermountain Jewish News. This actually just came out uh, today. Here's some some good advice on that. You can put uh, horseradish cream on them, Greek yogurt, ranch dressing, hummus, ketchup, curry ketchup. Curry ketchup, curry-infused ketchup is commonly enjoyed in Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Denmark. And there's also chutney. So these are some of the choices you can make. Here is a variation on... Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from The Nutcracker. We're going to hear a couple of variations on that on today's show as we celebrate this holiday season. We're also going to go back to Iceland. We went there last week to visit the Yule Lads, and I talked a little bit about the Yule Cat, which is a Icelandic tradition, a very scary Icelandic tradition, I might add. But we're going to go a little more into the Yule Cat in just a moment. But in the meantime... Dance of the Sugar, Plum Fairy, as interpreted by a klezmer group called Shirim from their album Klezmer Nutcracker. It goes a little something like this. Or perhaps like this. but sweet and good with applesauce and sour cream. That is a variation of the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy by Klezmer Group from Boston called Shiram. That was the Dance of the Latkes Queens. Happy Hanukkah and happy holidays to everybody. We're going to be making really strange squeaky microphone noises and playing all kinds of music on today's show. And we're also going to visit some of the traditions of Iceland for Christmas. Let's go right there to Iceland, shall we? We've talked about sour cream. We've talked about that sort of thing. How about the Yule cat? Well, first, let's go straight to the uh, Yule lads, shall we? Last week, I started talking about the Icelandic tradition of the Yule lads. They're a group of 13 mischievous pranksters from the mountains who steal from or harass the population. My kind of guys, huh? 
They come to town one by one during the last 13 nights before Christmas. They leave small gifts in shoes that children have placed on windowsills, but if the child has been disobedient, they instead leave a potato in the shoe. This still sounds better than being eaten by the Yule cat, which we'll get to in a moment, and you can use the potato to make latkes, but that's a whole other story. Here for your information are the Yule lads you will be expecting if you are in Iceland. The skier gobbler tonight is a Yule lad with a great affinity for skier, which is similar to yogurt. It arrives tonight and leaves on New Year's Day. Keep out of my skier, you, buddy. The sausage swiper comes tomorrow. He hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. So in other words, the sausage swiper snatches a stash of smoking sausages. Got it? Okay, so the sausage swiper arrives tomorrow night, the 20th, and leaves on January 2nd. The window peeper sounds wholesome. A snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. He arrives this Saturday and leaves January 3rd. Then look out this Sunday for the doorway sniffer. That was an eccentric um, fetish. The doorway sniffer has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate leaf bread, laufa bread, also known as. He won't be leaving until January 4th, so you better get that laufa bread ready. On Monday the 23rd comes Meat Hook. He uses a hook to steal meat. So there you go. It's pretty straightforward. He's sticking around until January 5th. And finally on Christmas Eve, the candle stealer. He follows children in order to steal their candles, which were once made of tallow and thus edible. See, it's always about food, I'm telling you. The candle stealer will arrive on Christmas Eve and not leave until January the 6th. In the eastern region of Iceland, there existed a folk tale of a specific group of Yule lads who did not come from the mountains, as the aforementioned Yule lads did, but from the ocean. One, of, one very obscure nursery rhyme mentions there being two female Yule pranksters who steal melted fat. And how did they steal melted fat? By either stuffing it up their nose or putting it in their socks. Mm-mm. I know what I'm going to be stuffing up my nose this Christmas. <clears throat> anyway, so there are the story of the Icelandic tradition of the Yule lads. I hope your kids have left their shoes on the windowsill and that they won't get a potato unless they want to make latkes. In the meantime, it's not quite a winter wonderland yet, but we can always, you know, get excited about it and get all prepared for it. Here, here are the roaches, and they're ready. Are you ready? Over the ground lies a mantle of white. A heaven a diamond shines down through the night. Two hearts are thrilling in spite of the chill in the weather. Dum, 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 dum. Love knows no season. Love knows no climb. Romance can blossom any old time. Here in the open. We're walking and hoping together. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Going away. Here to stay is a new boy. 
love song as we go along, walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman, then pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made walking in a winter wonderland. Now that's real pretty, you know. That's uh, Winter Wonderland by the Roaches, one of the finest vocal trios, putting on a whole new accent. It's Pandora's Lunchbox. It's almost quarter to seven. Arwolf is getting ready for Face the Music, coming up at seven. All wonderful songs that end in nine. Try that again. All wonderful songs from years that end in nine. All wonderful years that end in songs that start with nine. Anyway, it'll all make perfect sense around seven. Not nine, but seven. Listen at seven. That is at seven. Then at eight, it's Shimmy Shimmy Coco Bop. And then from there on, it's just all continued great stuff on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And the full schedule of all the shows we got is on WCBN.org. You can see all the songs I've played so far, including Dance of the Latkes Queens and Applesauce versus Sour Cream, and see what albums they come from and what year they came out and things like that. So back to Iceland. I wish I could have gone there sometime. I have friends who've gone to Iceland. It's apparently quite mysterious and beautiful. But you can imagine, perhaps, growing up in Iceland and see there's eating food around the holidays and then there's being eaten around the holidays, which is altogether different. Here we come to the Icelandic tradition of the Yule Cat. The Yule Cat is a huge and vicious cat who is described as lurking around the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eating people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. He is the house pet of Grilla and her sons. It's referred to as an ancient tradition, but written accounts of the Yule cat have only been located as recently as the 19th century. The threat of being eaten by the Yule cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those who did not would get nothing and thus would be preyed upon by the monstrous cat. Sounds like some mighty fine work conditions, doesn't it? The cat has alternately been described as merely eating away the food of ones without new clothes during Christmas feasts. Still kind of mean, isn't it? I'm not nearly as scared about that one, but I would like to keep my food. Good thing I just brought a new sweater the other day, so I I have some new clothes, and it's okay, don't eat me. I found this recording by Bjork from Iceland, of course, singing a song about the Christmas cat in Icelandic. It's based on an early 20th century poem by Johannes Urkotlum. I found the lyrics online, but the English translation is not very clear at all. But one clear quote is, Whether she still exists, I do not know. Now, also reading the English translation, some of it is he, some of it is she. So is that talking about the cat or about a woman who's making new clothes? It's all very mysterious, much like the winter, much like the winter solstice, much like Icelandic crazy old fun, interesting Christmas traditions. 
And speaking of mysterious, this recording isn't super-duper high fidelity, but it kind of adds to the mysterious nature of that. Here is Bjork singing a song about the Christmas cat. It goes like this.
pardon that somewhat abrupt ending there, but that was Bjork and a song about the Yule Cat. One other take on the Yule Cat I found from this article from the Smithsonian. Presumably, the threat of being eaten by the Yule Cat is also meant to inspire generosity in children who don't have to fret about the Yule Cat, as giving clothes to the less fortunate would grant them protection from the monstrous feline. So take it how you like. That is the story of the Yule Cat and a song about the Yule Cat. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm Mike. Thank you for listening to WCBN. We're also at WCBN.org. And uh, if you happen to ever visit the WCBN studio, you may run across a particular scandalous piece of graffiti. It's over by the jazz CDs by letter D. It reads as follows. The ancient Greeks commonly enjoyed a fermented fish sauce called garum with their meals. Shocking. This is not holiday-related, but there's a recent story about it, which I'll share with you. Turns out the sauce was later used, well, not only by the Greeks, but later used by the Romans. Pliny the Elder stated that garum was made from fish intestines, mm-mm, with salt, creating a liquor, the garum, and a sediment named halic or alex. A concentrated garum evaporated down to a thick paste with salt crystals was called muria. It would have been used to salt and flavor foods. Smithsonian.com reported yesterday that in Israel, an ancient Roman factory that made the stuff has been discovered. Writer Jason Daly says it's one of the only garum production sites ever found in the eastern Mediterranean. Amanda Borshal-Dan reports from the Times of Israel, archaeologists working on the site discovered fish pools, giant vats, and jars and receptacles used to hold sauce. The team also found winemaking equipment dating to the Byzantine era. Given the sauce's enduring popularity, archaeologists have been puzzled by the small number of garum factories found to date. One explanation to the rarity of scarcity of production facilities is that factories were built outside of towns and cities. Ancient sources report that the garum-making process was so stinky Laws were actually passed to keep production away from urban areas. What does that remind me of? It reminds me of the the fruit durian, which is a delicacy in some parts of Asia. The durian fruit, considered to be having a creamy, delicious flavor, but a really, really serious stink, and is not allowed in hotels or in many public places. But garum, how about some garum on your durian? Does that sound delicious? No. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and earlier we heard a variation on the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy by a klezmer group, the song they're doing called Dance of the Latkes Queens. Here's another variation on Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy by Duke Ellington. Here is Dance of the Sugar... No, this is just called Sugar Rum Cherry. It goes like this.
There you go, Duke Ellington. Thank you for that wonderful rendition of Sugar Rum Cherry. Winding down here, just a quick mention of one holiday-related event coming up tomorrow at the Ann Arbor District Library, Pittsfield Branch. There it goes, sliding down the page. Here it comes back again tomorrow. A chance to decorate your own one-of-a-kind wooden nutcracker ornament. That is tomorrow from 4.30 to 5.30 at the Ann Arbor District Library, Pittsfield Branch. This has been WCBN. I've been Mike. Thank you for allowing that to happen. Arulf is next with Face the Music. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season, Hanukkah, Solstice, Christmas, Kwanzaa, and all, and a new year. Here now is Joseph Spence. I dedicate the song directly and totally to Arwolf. Here is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you, Joseph Spence. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Arwolf. It's time for Face the Music. Here at WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, we work overtime 
Finding creative ways to help you to deprogram yourself. Exhibit A is a recording made for a transcription service, that is, radio broadcast, broadcast transcription records that were um, not sold to the public back in 1939 when this was cut. They were manufactured specifically for radio stations like this one. And so they would, uh, they would be played for the people, and the people would uh, be transformed by them. This happens especially when the man at the piano is Fats Waller. This is Tea for Two, written by Vincent Yeomans. If you have any tea kicking around, you know what to do.